Around 27 years old, I did my first drag show. And after doing the show, I moved way past the show part and began to have this identity of being transgender, wanting to become and live as a woman all the time. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist John Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about if someone who is transgender could ever change and become cisgender. Well, transgender people tend to feel like they were born in the wrong body. In a sense, they feel like they were born as the wrong sex. Kind of like this, males feeling like they are really females and vice versa. Now, cisgender people are individuals whose gender identity and sex assigned at birth matches. You know, so it's basically male and feels like a male and female feels like a female. So basically, majority of individuals are cisgender. But there are others who identify themselves as transgender and often seek sex changes in order to change their gender identity. Today, we will hear from Jeffrey McCall who was born as a man, but lived as a transgender named Scarlett, dressing up as a woman and one day was going to have a sex change until something stopped him. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much and thank you all for having me. Jeffrey, I'm so glad you're joining us and we are excited to hear your story and to hear what happened. Now, most people feel like being transgender is permanent, but you had a different experience. How did this all start as you were growing up? I understand your parents went through a divorce when you were younger. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so my parents divorced early and around 12 years old, I started dealing with same-sex attraction. I had the first encounter where I felt sexually attracted to another man. And around 15 years old, I actually acted out on that. Oh, gosh. So you had same-sex attraction as a young man. Did something happen in your life that you feel caused that same-sex attraction to start in your life? Yeah. So growing up, I was always different. I was creative. I was more sensitive than other guys. I also played sports and actually did very well. I played basketball and was a really good player at that. But just my life and confusion from my childhood really sent me on a different path than most. Hmm. When I was young, my mother and father got divorced. And the reason being, or one of the reasons of many, was that my father had had an extramarital affair And so when I was a young boy, I heard my mother talking about that. And in my eyes as a little boy around four or five years old, I thought, wow, this is what men do to women. They hurt them and I didn't want to do it. So Hmm. there was already like a push between being with women. And that was just one of many factors. Hmm, I see. So you started seeing this heterosexual relationship in a negative light. That's interesting. Now, did you feel like you were different in other ways as well? Yeah, so even beginning at a very early age, I loved romantic dramas. I loved romantic comedies. I was always into romantic things. 
And it was like my whole life, I was really searching for a deep love, something that my parents and my peers and my family, I couldn't get from them. There was this deep yearning for a deep love, an intimate love. And that was kind of what spun me in the direction to look for that in men. Mm -hmm. And so that was always the underlying thing of what I wanted was a really passionate, intimate, loving relationship. Hmm. I think that is a longing for a lot of people, whether they're cis or trans. But I understand you at this time were having a lot of gay relationships and even getting involved with certain drugs. Did these things ever truly fulfill you? I was never really ever fulfilled by a man. Hmm. And all during those years, I was deeply involved in drugs and alcohol, crystal meth. So I was always trying to fill a void and it just wasn't being filled by a human being. Hmm. That's a huge eye-opener that you were having gay sex and it never fulfilled you deep down inside. Tell me, I understand that you started identifying more and more as a woman and you even started acting out in another name called Scarlet. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so my life as Scarlet began when I was around 27 years old and I really just thought, you know, I'm not even successful in homosexual male relationships. I've always felt more sensitive, more feminine, and I always had this inclination to even think in more of a female perspective. Even in the relationships I was in, I always thought of myself as more of the female role. So around 27 years old, I did my first drag show and I remember doing the show and dressed as Scarlet. Now I had dressed as Scarlet previously without people knowing. And there was a part of me that really wanted to become this woman. And after doing the show where I saw people accepting me as an entertainer doing the show part, I moved way past the show part and began to have this identity of being transgender, not just wanting to do shows like drag queens, but to become and live as a woman all the time. Hmm. So it wasn't enough. There was a desire now for more. I understand you sought gender reassignment surgery. Tell us more about what that process was like. Yes. Yeah, so the process was that I needed to see a psychiatrist and I was already seeing a psychologist. So I was actually in graduate school getting a history degree, a master's in history in those years when I was living in Scarlet. And my second year of graduate school, I told the psychiatrist I've been living in Scarlet, going out of Scarlet. This is what I want it to be. And within a couple of months, he told me that I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. And I was very excited that he told me I had that because I knew that you needed a couple diagnoses of gender dysphoria from psychiatrists to begin different major surgeries and hormones and different things like that. I knew it was a way into that life. <laughs> Basically, he told me you have two options. You can take hormones and begin to change your body and your voice and different things, or you can do surgeries, or you can mix both. And I told him I didn't want to do hormones. I didn't want a slow, progressive change. I wanted very rapid change. So I told him that I wanted to save up money and begin surgeries. Hmm. It seems like you knew what you wanted and you were going full for it. So while you were waiting and saving up money, you had some negative experiences that this lifestyle started giving you. Tell us about that. Yeah, so during that period, I was at rock bottom. I was drinking heavily and doing drugs off and on, and I got very suicidal. I was actually dating a guy at this point, and something happened on a weekend. We were supposed to hang out, and basically, I just felt like dying. Like I just felt such rejection, mm -hmm. and I remember I called, actually, for help because I drank so much that night. I thought about hurting myself, and they actually sent me to the hospital 
And I was in the psychiatric ward of the hospital for a couple of days, and they sent me to a facility to watch me. The doctor found out I was getting a master's degree in history and that I was drinking what happened and all that. He said, well, I think you just had a flare and I'll let you go. It doesn't seem like you want to hurt yourself. Mm. So I went back home and I was just destitute, like inside. I was just empty. I was so empty. And during my life as Scarlett, I was the most promiscuous ever of my life. Promiscuity that I never experienced as Jeffrey before. I was very promiscuous sometimes with more than one man a day. And it just continued to go like that. And the further I went into Scarlet and becoming something I wasn't, the further I felt just a heaviness and an emptiness in me. Hmm. You know, that is fascinating because here you are describing it like there was a confusion between two identities or two separate people. Almost like there's a spiritual component going on here. I understand in these rock bottom times, you even secretly were trying to go to church. What was that all about? Yeah. So every once in a while, I would just randomly go to church because I grew up in church and I would visit different churches and it wasn't all the time, clearly, but it'd be like every once in a while. Well, there was a church in Georgia that I visited and I had actually went into that church and I just felt something there. So years and years later, here I am living in Scarlet. I was secretly listening to this pastor because he comes on television and he has videos on YouTube. And I didn't want to go to a church living in Scarlet and just all that my life was in. I just didn't feel like to go to any church. So I was secretly listening to him at home in my apartment and just weep because I just felt like something was shifting in my life. Jeffrey, let's stop there. I want to have you on our next show to talk more about how this power and presence of God began to work in your life. I so appreciate you shedding some light on this subject. We will definitely have you back on our next show. Thank you. Hang on. We have lots to talk about right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I know it's kind of difficult and complex thing to think about, but let's try to break it down. First of all, science has not come up with any solid conclusions about transgenderism. They don't say that it's genetic, and they're also not able to say that people are born with it. The scientific community has so far been inconclusive. So, what does ancient scripture say about transgenderism? Well, ancient writings so far do not say anything supporting transgenderism. There's no stories or background on individuals who identify with transgenderism. But the question is... Can a male soul be born into a female body? Or can a female soul be born into a male body? It is written in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, there are many who might say that they have already heard this, but let's slow down and take a closer look at what this is saying. It is written that God created them, male and female. That means the creator of this universe assigned you your biological sex and gender from birth. And God doesn't make mistakes. Your biological sex isn't a mistake. Rather, it's a gift from on high. And his purpose is for you to find the opposite sex and to marry and be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because God loves his children because we look just like him. To go against that and imagine that our soul is really the opposite sex is not in alignment with ancient writings. On this earth, we were assigned a gender, and that's what we need to accept. I want to pray for someone who's struggling with this issue and needs healing and clarity in their hearts and their minds. Father God, bring clarity, bring truth, because there's so many in the world today who struggle with this, Lord. Help them, Father God, to overcome this, but help them to know you and to know what it is that you're calling them to do, to know their future, to know their past, and to know the truth. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.